Testament, right? We've been talking about rebuilding the temple and sacrifices and all sorts of things. And, and the, sort of the focus of this has been really coming back to worship at the center, like, like serving and everything we do flows out of just for me, just for God, for, for Him. And, and we've, we've covered a whole lot of stuff, but where we left last week was talking about how God doesn't so much want our, our words and our, and our religious activity, but He wants our hearts. Like, like He wants us to connect with Him in our heart. He, he, wants, he wants to change our heart, which, which then affects our whole life, but it, it's the heart first. And tonight is going to be a little bit different, right? Like no, normally we sort of have a message and it, and it goes for like 30 minutes and it's kind of a lot about thinking and processing what the Bible says and, and kind of agreeing with truth. And that's really good and we're still going to do that. But tonight, like last week we finished saying God cares about our hearts. And tonight I want tonight to be a bit more heart and, and, and opening our hearts to God and, and opening our hearts to His truth but also to what His Spirit wants to do and what He wants to do with us here. So, so I'm only going to talk, hopefully, for about 10 minutes. I'm not going to talk very long. And then we're just going to create some space um, to open our hearts to God more, to, to, to see what He wants to say, to see what He wants to do. There's, there's quite a few people here to, to pray for you tonight, and, and we're going to have a fair bit of time for that, to, to, to come and receive prayer, to, to let God, God speak, let God guide, see what He wants to do on a real heart level. So even as I'm speaking, like there might already be things that are sort of speaking to you or, or things that are coming up. And I just encourage you just to be open to whatever God wants to do, just to be open to um, his presence, just to be open to, to, to whatever. And, and there's no pressure, there's no expectation, there's no you have to do anything. This is just about seeking God from our hearts tonight. Because the thing is, right, that, that God wants our heart but sometimes our heart can, can be kind of hurt. Like our hearts are where we're vulnerable. And often there's, there's things that we've done when we've been vulnerable and we've been let down. Or there's things that we've done where we've been vulnerable and we've been disappointed. And when that happens, it actually really affects our hearts, right? Like, like it really hurts a lot. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're hurting. We can cover it up. We can, we can kind of put on a face. We can kind of just sort of go through life, but there can actually be deep pain, there can actually be disconnection, there can be disappointment, and it, and it makes it hard to engage with God from our hearts. It makes it hard to engage with the people from our hearts. This is actually what it says in Proverbs. It says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That like the times when we've been vulnerable, we've hoped in something, we've given ourselves to something and been disappointed can, can really hurt, right? And can even, even cause us to shut down on a heart level, can even cause us to kind of just block out that, that hope, block out that desire to say, I don't want any of that. And, and, and what God wants, right, is, is for our, if our, if he wants to heal our hearts. He wants us to live from the heart. He wants to do business on this heart level, not just on the mind level. He does want that as well. We want to know the truth, right, but we want to know him in our hearts. And basically, what, what I want to talk tonight about is, is God restoring hope and, and, and speaking into our hearts and, and what that might look like and how that might happen. Um, in, this, in this passage on, on Haggai, this is what we're going to talk about tonight is like the very last few verses. And it's really interesting because 
so far, like the story's been about rebuilding the temple and the people have been discouraged and, and Haggai's this awesome guy who's been encouraging them, saying, God is with you. Don't just build your own house. Build God's temple. He'll provide. He'll look after you. And, and it's been like to all the people, right? He's been talking to the priests. He's been talking to the governor, um, Zerubbabel. And he's been talking to all the people. And it's been this like big national effort. But then right at the end, he has something to say just to the governor, just to Zerubbabel, just to this man. And this man, right, he'd been born in, um, in Babylon, which is, is, is the exile. So basically God had this promised land for his people and, and they, they got to it. And that the vision was that they would be God's nation, that God would be worshipped by these people, that people would see God through them. But they decided not to worship God, but worship, worship other gods. And God eventually let them go out of this promised land into this wilderness, right? And God, what he was doing in that time, he was drawing them back to himself. He wanted them to come back to him. He wanted to restore this good thing. He didn't want it to keep going the bad way it was going. So there's this time in the wilderness, but then they come back, and that's where we are, right? And they're rebuilding this temple. But Israel, this, this king, it's meant to be this kingdom, it's meant to be this light, it's meant to be this amazing place, but they're not even in charge. The Persians are in charge. So they're not allowed to have a king. They have a governor. And that's this guy, Zerubbabel. But his family line, right, goes all the way back to King David, who was this king after God's own heart, the king that, that was God's man, who would, who would lead these people. But now Zerubbabel's here, and he's just a governor. And, and something had actually even happened before they were cast out of the land. Something, something so... Um, God's language is so strong in this. What God says to this king, the king who was there before, he says, though you were like a signet ring on my hand, this king who had forsaken God, he said, you were like this signet ring. You were like a ring close to me. You were like, you're like a ring. And the signet ring that they would have would be like the king's sign of authority that could actually make, make decisions and, and give authority to stuff. And God said, you, though you were like this signet ring, I'm taking you off and I'm casting you away. And he sent them into exile. And, and, and Zerubbabel knows this, right? He knows that they've been sent away. He knows that this kingdom is not there. He knows they're under this other ruler. And you can imagine he's incredibly disappointed and discouraged. Imagine that things don't look good. Like, it doesn't look like he's going to be a king. It doesn't look like this, this, this promise of the, the, the kingdom of Israel is going to be restored. This hope is, is, is not there. There's disappointment, right? But, but Haggai comes and he speaks this message and he speaks it right into his heart. This is what Haggai says. He says this, The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. So this is the same as the last week, the same day in the afternoon. And this is, he starts really big. He starts talking about God's power and God's amazing um, power. He says this, Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth I will overthrow royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. You can imagine this, right? Like there's, there's this nation that's, that's in charge of Israel, and God's saying, I'm about to shake things up. I'm the God of power. I'm the God who can change things. I'm the God who can overthrow royal thrones. Like he's this powerful, amazing God. And we know God like that, right? We know God's this like transcendent, amazing, powerful God. But then Haggai comes in and speaks something right into Zerubbabel's heart. And this is what he says. On that day, declares the Lord, I will take you, 
my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. And God restores hope in this such a specific way, right? Like, like he knew that the king before, the last like, legitimate king of Israel, God had said, though you're like a signet ring, I'm going to cast you away. And now he's in this place of disappointment. And Haggai comes and says, God's this powerful God. Then he speaks right into his heart and says, I'm going to take you. I'm going to make you like this thing. I'm going to restore this line. I'm going to restore this promise. I'm going to bring hope back again in this really specific way. Like God knew his heart. God knew what he needed to speak to him so deeply, right? And, and the scripture doesn't say about his disappointment, but you can imagine it. he would be disappointed and discouraged, and this would just restore hope in such an amazing way. This, this happened to me, like, right? Not... Not with God, but I've told you guys this story a little bit, but I've got a story that, and it just resonates with Zerubbabel's story of being heartsick and restoring hope. Um, I've told you guys before, but I'm just going to tell you the sort of longer story because I think this can, can really relate to what, what we're talking about tonight. Um, you guys know that when I proposed to Tam that, that she wasn't ready the first time and she said no. And, and basically, like, for me, this was like this, this amazingly vulnerable thing, right? Like, the vulnerability of getting down on one knee, of, of opening your heart to someone, of, of requesting their, their, their love, their marriage in this really open state. And, and again, she wasn't, she wasn't mean or nasty. We were just not on the same page, and she just wasn't ready. It just, it just, she just, it just wasn't even on her radar at all. But I was in this state, right? And my attitude was like, I'm just going to give it a go. Like, I just, I just had hope. I was like, I just got to risk it. I just, I just can't wait. And, and I just was in this place, right? And, and I said, will you marry me? And this is going to sound really strange, but I had a, had a pretty nerdy way of proposing. Basically, we've done this thing before called geocaching. Does anyone know what geocaching is? It's awesome. So basically, this is like the, the cool phone technology GPS thing before the Pokemon thing. Like, like basically, geocaching... You're not really meant to tell people about it, but I'll tell you anyway. So basically, like, geocaching is is all around the place, there's actually caches that are hidden. And often they're like eclipse tins, often there might be little, little boxes, sometimes they're a bit bigger. And basically you get this app, and it's, it's all around the world. And this app will take you to the location, like you follow it, and there'll be a name and there'll be clues. So, so you basically end up going to this spot, and then you have to actually search for this physical object. And sometimes they're like magnetic and they'll be like under bridges and stuff like that. So you reach down, you eventually actually find it, like it's really there. And then inside there's a log and you sign your name and you can even like trade stuff, like you put something in, take something out, stuff like that. So it's so cool. It's like this, this balance of like technology and the real world. And, it, and it's awesome. And often they're in like amazing locations so you get to explore and see things as well. So my idea was that I wanted to... Um, proposed to Tam using a geocation. And again, this is going to sound really nerdy and lame. But basically what I did was we went down to Lake Kwangba and we had a picnic and it was the sunset and I was rushing her to get ready because we needed to get there for the sunset and she wasn't sure I was rushing her so much but I was, I was pretty, pretty stressed as well. And basically we get there, right, and then I get down on one knee and I pull out this eclipse tin that I've spray-painted brown and it represents some Tim Tams. <laughs> and basically I say, hey, look, this was is, this is, this is on our one-year anniversary. And basically I said, like, hey, we're going to plant this geocache together. Like, I thought that would be a really cool thing to do for our anniversary. And um, I, 
I had written what I wanted to put on the description of the geocache, because like when, when you look on the app, there's a description. And I had written something along the lines of, on this day, Tim and Tam um, celebrated their first anniversary, and it was such an amazing day, and it was so, so wonderful. And it was, what was even more amazing was that Tim proposed to her on this day, and she said yes. And, and like I was reading this out, and then sort of asked her, basically. And then she said, she was so thrown off, and she just, she just said, I, I can't marry you right now. Like, I'm sorry. And, and, and it was okay, but like, that, was, that was deep disappointment. Like, that, was, that affected my heart. And, and that was okay, and we, and we worked through it, and we talked through it, but, but something had really happened. Like, something had really happened deeply, this, this feeling of disappointment. And you, you've, you've probably felt that before. You've probably experienced that before. The really strange thing, though, was, right, not long after, like, she um, had the, 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 the sort of the... the confidence that I was ready gave her time to process and she processed really quickly and, and not long after she was ready and she said if you ask me again I'll say yes and this kind of this kind of blew me off I wasn't I wasn't so ready for that to happen so quickly but I was like yes cool so then I, I was about to ask her right then but I had to go to Malaysia like the next week so I was like I'll wait till I come back from Malaysia and then and I got back and then I asked her and then we we're engaged but it was it was strange like there was still something wrong with my heart, like there was, there, I was still disappointed, and it's this strange thing, right? Like that, like the thing that I wanted, I had, but but I hadn't dealt with the heart. There, there were still issues going on in my heart. And then we got married, and and there, there was still pain. There were, there were still issues, right? And and then then we'd been married for a couple of years, right? And this just happened at the start of this year, and. I didn't, like, I didn't really know, like, I, like, it wasn't like this was a big problem or anything, but, but something happened that just revealed that there was still stuff there. And, and what happened was, on, on our anniversary this year, at the start of the year, um, Tam planned the anniversary, but because I'm like, like being organised and like knowing what's happening, I, I was kind of hassling her for like, what are we doing, where are we going, like, what time do we need to leave, and stuff like that. And, and she, she'd planned this thing, but she was like, okay, I'll just tell you, and then I've got you this thing and I'll just give it to you. And, and we were just at home, and, and she gave me uh, a Tim Tam, uh, an Eclipse Tim Tam container that was painted brown, like this little, this little metal thing, right? She just, she just handed it to me. And when she handed it to me, I just broke down. Like, I, I cried so much. And it's just like, it just touched this deep disappointment that was there, and it was just this restoring of hope, this, this like... This, this symbol, this sign that went so deep and just said that there's actually restor restoration, there's actually hope, this, is actually, this has been redeemed, this is okay, and actually helped me process and work through that pain. But it was just such a specific thing that my heart needed. Just, I just imagine this with Zerubbabel, right? Like, like he's discouraged and God knows what's going on and God is this God of power, but then he comes and he speaks to his heart and shows, I know, I know what you need. I'm with you. And he speaks, I'm going to make you like my signet ring. And, and we can get disappointed, right? And in our hearts, maybe there's, there's heart sickness or, or problems or disconnection. And God knows. And, and God wants to bring healing. And he wants, he wants to speak into that. right? He, he knows our heart. He knows what's going on. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. Like I didn't know what was going on on that deep level, but he knows what's going on. Right? He can heal our heart. 
Like he, he can restore hope. And basically what we're going to do tonight is just try and create some space to let him do that. And just say, God, I'm here. I, I need you in my heart. God, I, I need to be more connected with you. God, I need you to speak into this disappointment. I need you to speak into this discouragement. I just need prayer. I just need support. So basically, basically what we're going to do is, is there's, there's people here to pray um, if you'd like prayer tonight. And, and I really encourage you, like it, it can be about that or it can be about anything, but this is just time to receive, time, time to come before God with our hearts and just say, God, what is it you want to say? What, how do you want to meet us on a heart level? And if, so if you want prayer, you can come forward tonight and just come and stand up here and, and people will just come and pray for you and, and minister to you. There's also going to be some people down the back just with some chairs. So if you don't want to come up the front but, but you'd like someone to speak and someone to pray, you can just go sit in some of the chairs up the back just next to the people who are there and they'll pray for you and, and meet with you as well. And, and we're actually going to take a bit of time. We're going to take like 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so and, and just spend some time seeking God from our hearts, right? trying to connect with him in our hearts working through what's, what's there blocking it, allowing him to speak, allowing him to work into that place as well. Um, and if that's, like, if that's just not where you're at at the moment, that's fine as well. And we're just going to spend this time worshipping. And you can even spend time praying for others, praying, praying for what God's doing, and just um, allowing him to work as well. So, yeah, so take, take your time. When, you, when you're ready, come up and have some prayer. Uh, people will come and pray for you. Head to the back and have some prayer. So I'm just going to pray and then, then we have some music and we'll just respond. Father, thank you so much that, that you know our hearts, God, and you want to restore hope and you want to restore relationship. God, that you, you want to speak and, and minister to us and, and bring healing. And, and God, we just say that we need you. Like we, we often know the truth. God, we know that you love us. God, we, we know that you're with us, but we need to actually know it on our hearts. And Father, we just, we just pray and invite you to come by your Spirit. Just invite you to, to meet us in this place. God, just, I just pray that yeah, you just, you just use this time to do whatever you want to do, God. Um, just invite your presence and your love and your mercy and just say we want to know you in our hearts, God. We want to worship you and be connected to you. God, would you restore disappointment or would you restore hope? Would you bring freedom? Would you bring life? We just pray this in your name. Amen.